Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Welcome, 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 everybody. This is Juco All-American, joined by Whiskey Wednesday in our favorite time of year, the transfer portal season. Yes! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff happening. And, um, you know, lots of cool news to talk about. First, we were, go- we we're going to do what we always do and talk about what we're, what we're drinking. Uh, oftentimes, we record this podcast around noon and uh, are, are typically not drinking at that time. We are recording this podcast at 8.30 in the morning, uh, Central Time, 9.30 Eastern. So I am certainly not drinking, although, I, you know, there, there's been a time or two uh, when, when that's been the case. Uh, but last night, uh, we went to a Christmas party, and I had some sort of generic champagne. I know that's not, like, especially interesting, but champagne, I, <laughs> I think champagne is one of those things where, like, I don't ever just think to just get it as, like, a normal thing to have. But whenever I go to a party and they have champagne, it's always fun and you know uh, worth worth the, the 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 time for it. Cool, cool. Well, yesterday I did something that I haven't done in a long time, and I just had like an endurance day drinking marathon. Uh, I had a wedding that started at eleven a.m. Um, and it was at a restaurant, so there was like a service. But we're literally like drinking during the service uh, and before and after. And they had like servers that were coming around as if they were being paid by the ounce of wine that they poured. (laughs) Uh, Just like funneling it down our throats uh, in addition to, you know, mimosas and Bloody Marys and stuff like that. Uh, And then I had like a quick... relief of like a couple of hours. And then I went to a friend's Christmas party where we had this gin. It was sort of like a a gin Collins kind of drink, a lot of like citrus. Um, And then they made like hot toddy. um, And I brought some scotch uh, because they made, they made a smoked uh, rib roast. So it was like basically like smoked prime rib. (laughs) It was so good. Uh, and it paired really well with scotch, so I brought some scotch. Uh, so yeah, I just drank everything, and uh, I'm feeling very green this morning. So yeah, now I'm drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if any of our listeners are proponents or opponents, but um, we have an espresso machine, um, which is much better than Keurig, but is not as good as like if you take a lot of time and effort to you know make exactly the the cup that you want with the pour over or something like that. But I, I like it just fine. Uh, and have been pleased. I like an espresso. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Ole Miss sports. Um, so Ole Miss has, has gotten four commitments, I guess. Yeah, I guess they're still called commitments, um, over the past few days. And we I should add, we are recording this on Sunday morning at eight thirty central, it is very likely that at least one more player uh, jumps in the boat today. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I'm not teasing like a particular player. I just think that uh, we're we're nearing the end uh, for high school football signing day coming up on Wednesday. Uh, and then also uh, the portal is just bouncing so much right now that uh, or hopping so much right now, I should say, 
that um, you know I think I think things are going to happen. Anyway, uh, but as of now, uh, those four players that have gotten in the the boat or gotten on the lane train are uh, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste, who's a linebacker from UCF. Joshua Harris, who's a defensive tackle from NC State, and then two high schoolers, Ethan Fields, uh, who's an offensive lineman, and Kedrick Riesano. That is the right pronunciation. If anyone's wondering, I know it's not spelled that way, but Kedrick Riesano, the 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 C is silent, uh, who is a high school running back. So we're just gonna gonna run through these. Um, Whiskey, would you like to kick us off with J- Jeremiah Jean Baptiste? Yeah, absolutely. So John Baptiste was the the first commit that that came through the pipeline, and he's the first the first uh, transfer portal commit of the the season for for Ole Miss this year. He definitely comes at a position of need. Um, <clears throat> so he was considered kind of a, a leader on the the UCF defense. He was, I think, their third leading tackler. Um, and he's got around 50 tackles each of the last couple of years. He is, you know, kind of a, a compact, really thick built linebacker. And it seems like, you know, he excels in the box. Haven't, you know, been able to find a lot of footage of his game. That's just kind of what I've read. I've read that he's like a big hitter, um, which is definitely something that, you know, our, our linebacking core could use. Um you know, we, we definitely had some athleticism, uh, definitely had some guys who could get off blocks and stuff like that, but like nobody who was really just going to separate you from the ball, uh, consistently. So maybe he'll bring that to the, to the mix. Um, and I think he only has one year of eligibility left, which honestly with, with portal guys, I don't really mind that, especially, you know, we're, we're bringing in, a super highly rated uh, linebacker in uh, Sunterine Perkins. Uh, and so, you know, bringing in like a, a portal guy for just a year, you know, while, while Perkins is a true freshman, I think, you know, that's, that's a pretty good solution for everybody. Um, and I, I think, yeah, he potentially brings some, some experience, some, you know, big hit ability um, and, and hopefully just, you know, helps kind of patch up what was a pretty leaky uh, Ole Miss run defense last year. Yeah, I, I think um, I'll talk about him first and then talk about sort of philosophically the one year, all that sort of stuff. But uh, he himself is a, a sure tackler kind of guy. Um, he's not, you know, what you'd love to see Ole Miss sign at linebacker is a guy with 110 tackles last season, uh, you know, who was just, you know, dominant or something like that. that, that that's not what Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste is, but um he will definitely be able to contribute and that position group could use some players who can definitely contribute. Uh, I don't necessarily know. I mean, like you said, in order to watch Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste film, you have to watch entire UCF games and I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, he, he didn't dominate there. Um, He's six two listed at six two two thirty, which is good. Uh, and he'll be a, a useful piece. He's has four seasons of playing at the D1 level and all that. Um, I would, and, and maybe he'll end up, you know, outright winning a starting job and, you know, being awesome and dominant there. That'd be great. Uh, but I would hope that if Ole Miss, I, I would hope that Ole Miss will actually grab another portal linebacker. Um, 
just because I, I don't think that position is settled at all. Uh, and I also think that as long as we have so few linebackers, we are forced to only be able to run a two linebacker set, which maybe we want to do, and that's fine. But uh, but having some options there would be would be helpful. Yeah, as, I definitely agree. Yeah, as far as the idea of like signing one year players, obviously like signing freshmen who balled out is the best possible scenario. But um, yeah, I, I think that especially with the uh, uncertain nature of the of the portal um, and you know whether players are going to end up being able to you know really contribute on a high level or not uh, if you're gonna take a depth piece or someone who may be a depth piece like Jeremiah Jean Baptiste you don't want to be locked into him for you know three years you want to see like hey maybe he can help us out and you know be here for a year and help but if it doesn't work out then it's only one season and one, one year of scholarship. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think you're right. I think they're, they're going to continue to target other portal linebackers. Uh, I think, yeah, taking one more would be great and taking a guy with some, some plus athleticism uh, would be a real, (laughs) uh, a real boon for the team, I think. So hopefully they'll, they'll find somebody who, who fits that description. Yeah. So uh, the second player was uh, Joshua Harris from NC State. Uh, he is a defensive tackle, um, and he had, I believe, only 12 tackles uh, this past season, um, which is, you know, not much. Uh, but he is a defensive t- – no, he had 11 tackles, sorry. Uh, he has a defensive tackle, where you, which is a position where you don't expect to have, you know, tons of tackles. In fact, actually, let me look at – what, how many tackles did J.J. Pegues have this year? And J.J. Pegues, of course, is an atypical defensive tackle in that, like, he's very nimble and able to to get around players and that sort of stuff. So he had 25 tackles, um, which is, you know, a lot more than 11, but it's still not some preposterous difference between those, considering Joshua Harris was a backup at NC State. Uh, and he backed up a first-team all-ACC all player. So it's not like he, you know, lost out to somebody who was, you know, not especially good. Um, I don't know. To me, I think the most interesting thing is since he um, since he played at, at NC State, uh, he uh, what's the name of the guy who replaced Jake Thornton? Ooh, um, John Garrison. Uh, Garrison. John Garrison. Yeah, so John Garrison actually saw him in practice every day uh, since John Garrison was the NC State offensive line coach. And I think it's noteworthy that, uh, you know, this commitment happens a week after John Garrison accepts the Ole Miss offensive line coaching job. You have to think that if if they if it was all in the works and everything and Joshua Harris was going to come and then... John Garrison shows up at Ole Miss and is like, absolutely not. This guy, you know, is not contributing. Like, I see him every day in practice. He sucks. Like, then Ole Miss doesn't take him. And you have to think that instead, uh, you know, there was some, there were probably some good words there that kind of, you know, helped seal the deal for Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the the coincidences are, it's, I don't know, too much to be coincidental, I think, that that they... Came to Ole Miss or decided to come to Ole Miss in such a a close window. I think I think you're right about that. 
and yeah, uh, I think he he provides a a really big body at the nose tackle position because Ole Miss didn't really have like a prototypical nose tackle this year. Um, and he definitely gives you that he's six, two. And I think, you know, probably around the three thirty kind of range. And apparently he's a guy who generally has to work to keep his weight down. Um, and he, you know, super strong, probably will command some double teams, if not make a lot of tackles, like you said. Um, and I think that potentially gives, uh, Ole Miss the versatility to move around a JJ Piggies or, you know, Hoover's backing him up, Xavier Harris or uh, Taiwan Malone or, or whatever gives us the the ability to like move some of those guys and maybe play them at those defensive end spots where it, it can be useful uh, having bigger guys uh, for the, you know, the run de- run defense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you think that J.J. Pegues at defensive end, I mean, maybe not permanently, but uh, J.J. Pegues at defensive end, a decent amount makes sense? Yeah, absolutely I do. Especially, at, you know, pairing him with a Cedric Johnson on the other side, someone who's a little quicker at getting to the passer maybe. Um, but yeah, I think a set like that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that could work well. Uh, I mean, if we think about like... Uh, you know, Taiwan Malone at the moment is a backup defensive end uh, for this team. I mean, I'm not saying that JJ Pegues and Taiwan Malone are the same player. They're they're different players, but uh, you know, they're obviously the the coaching staff is willing to use bigger guys uh, on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so, are are you at all then? I mean, eleven tackles uh, this season. Are, are you at all sort of like wishy-washy about this commitment? Um, no. I mean, I think, I don't think he'll draw starts in, in general, but mm-hmm. I think he'll, I think he'll be very valuable and, and gives Ole Miss a body type that they don't have. And there was seemingly no kind of nose tackle on Ole Miss's radar in the high school class this year either. So, um, I think he's, you know, an important short-term piece. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely glad that we got him. Yeah. He does have two years of eligibility remaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think it's noteworthy that the first two portal players Ole Miss got and noteworthy. I don't mean like it's troubling or sets a trend or anything like that, but the first two portal players Ole Miss got are not clear starters at Ole Miss. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, but you know, as we, I think, I I think we touched on this, if not, I've written about it, but a lot of the guys that have entered, entered the portal from Ole Miss are, are, you know, pretty much all of them are rotational or backup players or players who are, you know, struggling to break into the lineup. So it's not like you can replace, you have to replace that depth, uh, and you can't replace all those guys with guys who are going to compete to start, you know? Sure. You have to take some depth pieces in the portal just to like fill out your roster in, in the, you know, transfer portal era, I think. Um, and so we're you know probably going to see a little bit, a bit of that, you know, taking guys who just want to come play for a, you know, an SEC program and, and have a chance to prove themselves, but, you know, don't necessarily expect a start, don't necessarily command a big NIL deal or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so the third commitment is from Ethan Fields, uh, who is an offensive lineman. Uh, so he flipped from Purdue, uh, and he is from Louisiana. Uh, he did not have an LSU offer, as you uh, would imagine. Um, but yeah, uh, he's you know relatively uh, highly rated. I mean, he's not a he's he's a three star. Um, but you know, offensive line over and over again, we've seen that, uh, you know, a lot of these players that Ole Miss has taken and, you know, succeeded with have been relatively low rated kinds of players that develop over time. Uh, his other offers were from Purdue to Lane, Indiana and Georgia tech. Uh, so it's certainly, you know, not powerhouses, but it's not like it was Ole Miss or, you know, a bunch of FCS schools or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is something that a, a guy that John Garrison seemingly liked and, you know, wanted to continue recruiting when, when he was hired at, at Ole Miss. And, and honestly, like we, we needed a couple of bodies at the offensive line position because we've had several guys enter the portal and then we only have two offensive line commits one of whom is a junior college player who may well flip over to Auburn. Um, so you really Isaiah can't Miller, have, yeah, 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 and Isaiah Miller. And so you really can't have an, a, a recruiting class with one offensive lineman. That's just like asking to be put in a bad numbers crunch a couple of years down the road. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a good point. I mean, you touched on Isaiah Miller. Uh, I. I Obviously, the coaches think he's good or whatever, but man, junior college players, like at this point with the portal era, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Like, like I mean, you know, if, if it's somebody that everyone thinks is amazing, like Sam Williams was coming out of junior college, that's one thing. But like, Xavier Miller does not have good offers. It's Ole Miss or kind of nobody. I guess Auburn now. Uh, but yeah, I, I would not mind if he suddenly ended up on Auburn's commitment list. Yeah, and and you think the the attention from Auburn is because they hired Hugh Freeze and he's trying to and you know Freeze hired Jake Thornton and they're trying to kind of put their signatures on you know Auburn's recruiting class and that includes you know taking some guys that that Auburn normally wouldn't offer mm-hmm. and I I think he he may be such a case but we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's 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 got to be kind of tough for him anyway, like from from Miller's position because he saw, you know, through this season, Ole Miss was supposed to have two, two basically seniors starting at offensive tackle and who were going to be gone, and then they right. ended up having two redshirt freshmen freshmen starting at offensive tackle. So what does he think about his chances to come in and start next year? Because like, if you look at photos of him, he is a super like long, tall guy. He doesn't look like a guy that you're going to plug in at offensive guard if he doesn't grab a starting tackle spot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's maybe smart to, to at least look around. Yeah. Uh, okay. Our fourth and final commitment so far is Kedrick Riesenau. Um He, let's see, he was committed to Michigan State uh, up until at some point this fall when he decommitted, right? Yeah. Uh, four-star running back. 
he is, you know, highly thought of. He is a top five running back, according to on three. Uh, he's the number 103 player in the country in their database. Uh, the Their consensus puts him at 148. Um, yeah, he has offers from Michigan State, Oklahoma State, Penn State, TCU. Uh, I guess those are the notable offers. I guess Kansas is becoming a more notable offer, but still nothing, uh, you know, to talk about now. Um, I wa- I've watched his film, uh, and he had like 2,000 yards this past season. Uh, he looks like uh, his style is not punishing runner like uh, Quinchon Judkins. It's not, um, you know, has to get outside type of runner, uh, which is not really an adequate descript- description of anyone at Ole Miss. I, I don't think Ulysses Bentley is that. Um, but I think that he's a blend type of player, um, more of like an all-purpose back. Of course, right now, Quinchon Judkins is an all-purpose back. He can do everything. Um, but I think that Kedrick Risano really helps Ole Miss not have to use a portal, uh, reach into the portal to find a running back who's willing to come sit with in the same uh, you know running back room with uh, Quinshawn Judkins, Ulysses Bentley, and I guess possibly Zach Evans still. Zach Evans still hasn't really announced his plans. Um, it would be a hard sell even with just Judkins and Bentley for a, a running back of, of value in the portal. And instead finding a high schooler who maybe understands that, you know, he's not going to come in and immediately play a ton. That's, that's a pretty great, great uh, get. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of think he will play next year. I don't know how much. Um, I mean, I guess if Zach Evans comes back, maybe not, not as much for sure. Yeah. If Zach Evans comes back, there's, he should definitely yeah. redshirt if Zach Evans comes back. I think, yeah, I think if 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 you have Judkins and Evans healthy, there's not really much of a reason to have a third running back play in the game. Uh, but but Bentley is there if you do, right? So yeah, that that's exactly. the other thing. Yeah. But here's the thing: I think Reesono is a great commit. Uh, I think mm-hmm. our our <laughs> tone about him kind of sounds understated right now. I think he looks like a phenomenal player and he plays at a very, you know, high level of, of Texas high school football and looking at, you know, so, so Juco kind of mentioned that he's not a huge bruiser, not a guy who's going to outrun the whole defense. But to me, he just looks like he knows what he's doing. He's very like fundamentally sound, has very good vision, very good balance. Um, just looks like a polished running back. So the the other you know main running back they are after is Dante Dowdell um, from oh god Picayune. Picayune, yeah. yeah. And so I think Dowdell maybe has some some measurables that Reesono does not, but just he kind of just I don't know. He doesn't look like a polished running back to me. He just looks like a, a great athlete who you just give the rock to. And, and, you know, good things happen at that level. But I think Reesono looks like a college running back, um, which, you know, I think fits well with, you know, Lane Kiffin and, and guys that he's been successful with. He also seems to have that running style where, like, uh, other than when he's trying to just, like, burn a guy who's behind him, he seems to have that, like, 
kind of effortless running style where like uh you know he's long striding and all that sort of stuff and you're just like dude run and then you realize like you know he's waiting for a block and you know just sort of like looking at what's developing and you you love to see that 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 approach to to running the ball yeah he reminds me a little bit i mean i don't watch enough college football outside of Ole Miss to make great player comparisons all the time he reminds me a little bit of Henry Parrish, the the Ole Miss like third running back mm-hmm. behind Snoop Connor and Jerry mm-hmm. Neely a couple of years ago. Just like fluid, fundamentally sound, well-rounded guy, good vision. Um, I, yeah, I, I think he could be that kind of player. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the end of our, our commitments. Um, now we're going to do a... Uh, <laughs> An approach. So almost has, well, I think I think it depends on kind of what happens with Dayton Wade and maybe a few other types of players. But let's say for the sake of this podcast that Ole Miss has eight remaining scholarships. Uh, and what's going to happen is Whiskey Wednesday and I are going to choose each choose four in a draft style format uh, to to make up the final eight players at Ole Miss. Um, and so we're only considering people who have been linked to Ole Miss, uh, either offered or at least like, uh, you know, talked about heavily. We're not just looking at the best portal players outright, regardless of interest. Uh, and we're going to go back and forth. So <clears throat> I'm going to pick first because I'm leading the show. Uh, and I think that my uh, number one player is actually Trey Harris. Uh, who is a 6'2 wide receiver from Louisiana Tech. He was first team all CUSA uh, this past season as a sophomore. He had 65 catches for 935 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, his his blow-up game, I guess, came against MTSU, Middle Tennessee State, uh, where he had seven for 157 and two touchdowns. But he's had you know other strong games uh, throughout the season. He didn't have any duds. Uh, his his lowest number of catches in a game was three, uh, which is fine. Um, and his lowest yardage was 20, which was in a game where he actually had five catches for 20 yards, which is you know interesting for a 6'2 receiver. But uh, yeah, I think that his, his film is super cool. And I mean, film, you know, against D1 opponents. Um, he has three highlight catches from this past season that were uh, one-handed, and one-handed in the, like, there's no way you should have been able to catch that kind of variety. Not just like, oh, that's kind of neat. Um, I don't know. O- Ole Miss definitely did not have a player like him this past season. Uh, and, yeah, I think that's been sorely missing. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. It's So there's a lot of, of good options that Ole Miss has at, at wide receiver in the portal right now. And, and we don't really know how they prioritize those guys, but he's definitely one of the most productive and impressive guys on that, that list. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think that, that's a solid first pick. I should add, he has visited Ole Miss. He has been offered by Ole Miss. So it's not like, you know, Oh, Hey, this guy uh, entered the portal and seems cool. So let's, you know, I'm, I'm picking him. Like there definitely seems to be significant interest there. 
Yeah, it seems I've heard people say that maybe illness leads for him. So, so that that's a a good realistic first pick too. Yeah. Um, Let's see. All right. So this is very tough trying to balance like positions of need and stuff like that. Uh, Screw it, man. I'm going to go ahead and go with another wide receiver that I think illness is well positioned for. Uh, and that would you know be a, a real plus player for Ole Miss, and that's Chris Marshall from Texas A&M. Um, he was just a true freshman this year and and looked really good. Uh, I think he was suspended for just I don't know, kind of being an eighteen year old knucklehead. Uh, not not anything terrible, but yeah, he was the consensus number twenty four player in last year's class, which is pretty good. Uh, like Harris, he's a, a big, rangy guy. He's listed at 6'3", 195. You can look at highlights of him playing in like the Under Armour All-America game or whatever and, and just doing great. Um, and yeah, he was going to be a heavy part of, or, you know, a big part of A&M's receiver rotation. Um, and, you know, I think looked pretty good in the early going before his season kind of got sidetracked. But But yeah, he has also visited... Um, and I, I have also heard that, that maybe Ole Miss leads for him though. Yeah. 11 catches for 108 on the season for A&M. He only, he only had catches in three games, which were Sam Houston state, Mississippi state and Alabama. I think he played in more than four games. So I don't think a red shirt is on the table for, for last season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, six, three, uh, you know, phenomenally rated coming out of high school. I kind of don't care that he wasn't productive as a true freshman at A&M um, for many yeah, reasons, a, but one, because like, yeah, one, one, because like Jimbo Fisher kind of strikes me as that type of coach. who's like, he's got to earn it in practice. Well, like, dude, just freaking win. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just, just win football games. No one cares. Um, <clears throat> which they didn't do very much of this past year. Yeah. But also, I mean, two of the three games in which he was productive were Alabama and Mississippi state. So, you know, those are both games that, that they were in, uh, and you know, especially Alabama, like they were, yeah. Neck they neck lost by four. So that yeah, definitely seems to indicate that he wasn't just a freshman that they were playing against their non-con blowout kind of games, you know, although didn't they lose yeah. one of those? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I forget which bowl they're going to this year. <clears throat> um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so that that is a, a very good pick. He actually would have been my second pick, despite the fact that now we've picked two wide receivers. I just think that position is incredibly important at the moment. I mean, yeah, we just, it's of the positions Ole Miss wants to fill. There are two vacant starting positions at wide receiver that there isn't really anyone on the team who's ready to assume those starting positions, you know? So I think that definitely makes sense to just go ahead and plug in two starters. Yeah. So um, to me, I think that the next uh, most important uh, position for Ole Miss to find a, a, a transfer in is linebacker. Uh, but I don't necessarily know if there are players at linebacker in the portal that have been linked to Ole Miss that are either good enough or are significantly linked enough to Ole Miss for us to make, for it to make sense for me to pick them here third. Uh, yeah. So I'm actually going to go to my next most important position, which is tight end. And um, I'm going to pick Seydoux Traore 
that's almost certainly not how you say his name. He's from he's from London, England. He's six foot four. This past season, as a sophomore at Arkansas State, he had fifty catches for six hundred and fifty five yards. Um, and yeah, he's one of these interesting stories where like he didn't start playing football until coming to the U.S. as a senior in high school or something like that, uh, and you know is now. 50 catches for 655 at Arkansas State in one season um, as a true sophomore. Uh, yeah, he's he's number. I mean, he's he's clearly a, a huge priority in my mind. Uh, I don't necessarily know if the coaches are treating him as a, a huge priority, but uh, yeah, at least at, at one point there was you know some interest there. So I'm I'm picking him because I think that when you have prolific production and you are possibly only beginning to come into your own i think you gotta you gotta go there so yeah he's he's my pick yeah for sure that's another good one um definitely seems like he'd be really productive in the passing game it i I don't know that he would be much of an asset as a blocker but i mean i think Ole Miss could use that like a just a hybrid tight end kind of player who you know has proven production so so yeah and and they need a tight end uh the the other portal tight end that Ole Miss or that we've been kind of monitoring for, for Ole Miss activity is CJ Dippery, Dippery, whatever for uh, Maryland, who seems to be a pretty, pretty good all around tight end, but was offered by Alabama was going to visit Ole Miss and then didn't end up visiting. So I don't know if he will reschedule or if that is just indicative of his current interest level or not, but we, we really haven't heard any heard of any momentum with him. So, you know, you definitely got to have other options out there. And I think, yeah. There Troy is Rivaldo the... Fairweather, right? Yeah. I mean, that name is one that was kind of kicked around, but I don't, I haven't heard of any actual recruitment of him going on by Ole Miss. That was a also, confusing... I would, I would prefer Troy to Fairweather anyway. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. In terms of like actual production. Yeah. Um, cool. So Speaking of actual production, my, my next pick is going to be uh, New Mexico State, or wait, New Mexico or New Mexico State? Uh, I think it's New Mexico, right? Okay, uh, Adari Halsey. He's a, a safety. Um, probably would would play maybe that like hybrid linebacker safety position that uh, Jake Springer played in the past, and Otis Reese plays now. Um, let me see. I think he was like a freshman All-American. Let me, he was. Let me pull up some stuff on Derek Halsey. And also, he was high school teammates and and good buddies, I guess, with Chris Marshall, uh, who was you know my my first pick. So let's see. Sorry, pulling up stuff on Derek Halsey. Oh, that's not helpful. ESPN.com. Come on, buddy. <laughs> he had 86 tackles this past season. That's a lot. Two, two forced fumbles, two picks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and he's a true freshman this year. Um, and, yeah, he's listed at 5'11", 220. Uh, so I think that might have been a reason he wasn't as highly recruited as he he kind of has, like, uh, a frame that's kind of a, a tweener. But but Olness has the perfect position for that. And, and yeah, I, I think he is pretty phenomenal. Uh, just volume tackler um, and, you know, would be a, a really good run game asset. So, Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's like, even if, uh, 
Chris Marshall didn't exist, I would want a Dari Halsey a ton. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, a, they a freshman all American. They both visited around the same or at the same time. Um, and yeah, I think it was said that both visits went really well. I mean, that's what they always say, but um, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people like to dog on their recruiting services. I actually think they mostly do a really good job. I think recruiting rankings matter. Uh, they're important and noteworthy and they get m- many more right than they get wrong. But Adari Halsey, uh, the number, according to, um, to on three and their uh, consensus, the number 1,590 player in his class <clears throat> had 88 tackles as a true freshman. Like, I can tell you that he is not the 1,590th best player in the country in his class. Uh, No, no, that sounds like a big miss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because, like, you know, obviously they got plenty of chances to see him when they were looking at Chris Marshall and everything, you know? So how do you miss a guy like that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, I guess it's my pick, huh? Is that? I guess it is. Sure. Is how this works? Uh, yeah, let's see. He was actually going to be my next pick. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually going to go with Gavin Holmes. from. Uh, he's a cornerback from Wake Forest. Uh, Gavin Holmes is, let's see. I guess he will be entering his senior year, but he does have another COVID year. Um, and... He's a corner, uh, which I think Ole Miss definitely needs, especially now that Miles Battle has transferred or has announced he's transferring in the portal. Uh, he's a different corner than Miles Battle. He's 5'11", 175. So, you know, that's that's not like a necessarily, you know, uh, Miles Battle was, what, 6'4", so, you know, v- very different guy. But uh, he, this past season in 2022 at Wake, he started every game. Uh, he had 24 total tackles starting every game, uh, which is awesome for a corner. He had nine passes defended. Uh, no picks, but I don't really care. Um, and yeah, I think that when you start every game, if you have nine PBUs and only 24 tackles, that's a, a pretty great ratio. Yeah, I agree. And you know, like a lot of, a lot interceptions are kind of a luck stat or right. they rely on the quarterback, just throwing you a garbage pass, but like passes defended. I, I think if you have a lot of passes defended, that means that you were in position to make a play on a catch that the receiver maybe otherwise would have made, you know, I, to me, a, a big number of pass breakups is a more impressive stat than, I don't know, having four interceptions or something on the year, you know? Mm-hmm. Cool. So I, I like that pick. Um, there's another cornerback that I might have put in that in that slot instead. Um, John Saunders, who what is that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like Olness maybe is in a better position for her for him. Uh, yeah, he was Miami of Ohio, and he is a very tall cornerback. Uh, so you know, I, I won't pick him next but i i think i i might have picked him instead of gavin holmes i don't know to, to me there he also they're both- visited ole miss right so so that is another uh yes you know, noteworthy yeah. thing between the two of them sure 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, so my third player is going to be Andre Carter, um, kind of an, an edge rusher, larger defensive end from Western Michigan. Um, he, let's see, has, I'm pretty sure he has also visited Ole Miss and um, Ole Miss probably leads for him. He had 67 tackles last year at Western Michigan, which is quite a lot for a defensive lineman. Uh, six and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, even an interception. I guess he probably caught a tipped or ball or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, he seems like a pretty, you know, like high motor athletic guy. Six five, two sixty three is what he's listed at on the ESPN. Um, and and yeah, uh, it's it's hard to find good edge rushers, good defensive linemen in general in the the portal. Um, and that's also an area where Ole Miss needs some help. They lost uh, Tavius Robinson. Um, they had a couple of rotational guys in Brandon Mack and Damon Clowney transfer out. So there's some scholarship spots there available too. Um, and yeah, I think aside from um, Jared Ivy, they really don't have a lot of guys with like kind of that defensive end body. Uh, who were, you know, in position to, I guess they have Cedric Johnson and, and Jared Ivey, but they don't have a lot of other guys who are in position to, you know, have a season like that where you, you know, generate six or seven sacks. Uh, and I think he, he gives you that potential. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that he is, you know, a, a, a fun guy to watch. Um, and, for anyone who happens to be looking him up, uh, note that there is a an NFL draft prospect linebacker named Andre Carter from Army. That is not who we're talking about. Uh, yeah. This is, uh, again, Western Michigan. Um, yeah, you know, he's also, he's incredibly experienced. His first game action came in 2018. So he has a, a year of eligibility remaining because he he redshirted once and has the COVID year, uh, and yeah, he uh, you know fills an important need. Ole Miss has to replace Tavius Robinson, and Andre Carter can can probably do that. Six five two sixty three is what he's listed at. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's an important thing. He was actually on my list as well. Uh, but my final pick, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with Dylan Wade, who is an offensive lineman from Tulsa. Uh, it's mostly a position need thing. That's, that's, that's primarily the reason that I would pick him. Um, he will have two years remaining. He started every game this past season for Tulsa uh, and is 6'4", 290. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not going to pretend that I can evaluate Dylan Wade's ability because of his Tulsa film or something. I honestly haven't watched it, uh, but he has a lot of offers, uh, in the, in the portal and fills a a major need uh, of position need. And also I think that we are, whenever you hire a new coach like John Garrison, uh, you have to be willing to, and also, you know, encourage them to try to find guys that will fit them well. And 
he seems to be one that has been, you know, pinpointed. And so, yeah, let's, let's get him in and, and see what he can do in our system. All right. All right. Um, that's a good pick. I was, I was going to go offensive line probably for that pick as well. I was actually going to kind of speculatively pick uh, Javian Cohen or Javian Cohen from, from Alabama, a guy who's like started a lot of games for them that we've talked about. And, but we haven't necessarily seen him linked to Ole Miss other than just the recruiting guy saying like, Oh, keep an eye out. Like I, I, I don't know uh, if there's actually much of a connection there. Um, I recognize this is a silly way uh, to to like pay attention to it, but Dylan Wade on Twitter is followed by Lane Kiffin. Mm-hmm. Jevian Cohen and Damian George on Twitter are not followed by Lane Kiffin. Interesting. All right. All right. I mean, that's not that's not unfounded. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's 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 a good way to at least sort of keep track of you know where some interest lies. So that's a uh-huh. good point. Um, so I could go another wide receiver in Rara Thomas. Um, he's certainly a, a guy that could be in, in that mix, probably right up there with Chris Marshall and Trey Harris in terms of the guys that they're recruiting. Yeah. And in fact, we, we kind of know that it seems like those are the three receivers that they are most focused on right now. Um, but I'm going to go in a different direction and pick Arkansas safety Jalen Catalan, uh, a guy who's been super talented but kind of hampered by injury, I guess, uh, that there is some uh, mutual interest there, it seems. Let's see. Looking up his stats. Let's see. Okay, so yeah, in, in 2020, he had 99 tackles. Um and then last year had 46 and this year had eight. So uh, not, not the trend you want, but yeah, I think it's been more of an injury thing. And I think that when he is healthy, he's like supremely talented. So, yeah, totally. So that, that 2020 year, uh, remember that was, that was 10 games. Uh, Cause that was sh- the COVID shortened year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was phenomenal. And then uh, in his, in the 2021 season uh, he, you know, had, was kind of on pace for that again he, through his first six games. Then he suffered a, you know, season ending shoulder injury actually in the Ole Miss game uh, and wasn't able to play the rest of that season. And then this past year when, you know, this was expected to be his bounce back 2022 first game of the year, they beat Cincinnati. He suffers a season ending shoulder injury. Like, ugh, ugh, yeah, no fun. Um, I mean, the shoulder kind of like, you know, obviously that's better than tearing your ACL, um, in terms of like projectability to come back. But I guess you do wonder like two injuries of the same nature. I don't, I don't know enough about them to know if like it was actually the same injury, but two shoulder injuries, um, could mean that his shoulders messed up. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I would defer to someone with actual expertise on the situation, um, <laughs> which I'm sure, I'm sure Ole Miss will, but, but yeah, I mean, if you could have, you're saying that you don't have the hookup for the x-rays is that I don't, I don't, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting to, <laughs> I'm waiting for the, the tech to get back. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think if you could, if you could have, 
that that 2020 or first half of 2021 Jalen Catalan, like that's a pretty big pickup. Um, oh and yeah, Ole Miss, Ole Miss loses AJ Finley, um, loses loses MJ Daniels, who might have you know been a, a, a big part of the rotation, and now Deshaun Jerkins has also hopped in the portal. We haven't talked about too many Ole Miss players who've hopped in the portal the last couple of weeks, but Deshaun Jerkins, who was um, uh, a portal transfer from Vanderbilt last year and played a decent amount behind again, AJ Finley and um, some of the other guys who were, you know, rotating heavily at safety uh, jumped in the portal again as like a, a graduate um, transfer. So he has another free transfer in his pocket. Um, and it seemed like he was probably in line to play quite a bit this year. So I, I think him leaving give, you know, gives you more of a need at safety than we had before especially because Aishim Young, um, Ladarius Tennyson, they both seem to be more of like the, I don't know, run stopping kind of safeties. And I don't know, I think there's a need for more bodies at the position and also just more guys who have, you know, production at the D1 level. Definitely. Um, And I mean, Jalen Catalan, like, has proven, remember 2020 was an all SEC schedule. So he has yeah. proven that he can be, you know, wildly successful in the SEC. And I think you take a chance. Like, if it doesn't work out with medical stuff, whatever. But you get you, you give it a shot when you have a, a chance to to get somebody who had 90-something tackles as a sophomore. Yeah. Okay, so that's that that ends us. Uh that's that's our all the players we had set out to to draft. Um I'd be pretty happy with that. I, I, I will mention, you know, you, you mentioned Rara Thomas. Um, I also hope Ole Miss gets him. Uh, but yeah, since I prioritize those other two receivers over him and don't necessarily think that it makes a lot of sense for Ole Miss to take three receivers. Uh, that's why to me, he didn't end up in this, in this list, but he's obviously good. And if Ole Miss takes him, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah, and who knows? They may prioritize him over either of those first two guys that we picked. We we aren't really you know privy to that information because it seems like definitely some other SEC programs really want uh, Rara Thomas pretty bad. So I mean, yeah, I think the first two of those guys you get if you can get two of those three, like you're pretty pumped. However, that shakes out. So yeah, I guess like if maybe it's one of those situations where like if you can get three then you go to another receiver who's already in the Ole Miss receiving room and say like, Hey, you sure you don't want to go to Troy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know, Braylon Brown also entered the portal. Um, He's a guy who, you know, maybe could have broken into the lineup uh, next year. And and so he's no longer an option unless he withdraws. So yeah, I mean, they're, they certainly could take three guys, but, but yeah, the, the room gets a little crowded um, hard to keep everyone happy, I think, at that point, especially considering that Dayton Wade and, um, oh, God, names. So Jalen Robinson, yeah, Jalen Robinson returns and could be much more productive next year, or we assume he returns. I don't know. Um, and then Jordan Watkins, Surely. who was quite productive at times. Like, those are guys who deserve the, you know, chance to get on the field and produce because they were very solid at times for us last year or this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us. We will have uh, another episode, um, certainly around recruiting, and we'll have another episode around 
the Texas Tech Bowl game as well. Uh, but until then, we will talk to you next time.